Welcome to another edition of the J-Man Sports Podcast. Glad to be here with you today. Coming up on the pod of your part of Stafford's Mafia, you're going to continue to hate me because uh, we will discuss a little bit about Matthew Stafford and the debate that I had over the last week uh, about uh, Matthew. Uh, and then I want to discuss Brad Holmes, new GM of the Detroit Lions. And then uh, coming up at the end of the program, we continue our NFL postseason pick six for the divisional uh, round this Weekend, but first, I'd like to remind you to stay connected to our social media pages: Facebook, Jman Sports, Instagram, Jman Sports Podcast, and Twitter at Jman Sports Pod. So I'm going to start with this, and it is: I am unofficially retiring from engaging with members of Matthew Stafford's mafia. But just it's, you know what it's. I'm all for debate. I absolutely love debate. Why? Because you get to see other people's perspective. I don't have to agree with anybody's opinion. You don't have to agree with my opinion. I like to see other people's opinions, see where they're coming from, understand why they think the way they think. That's I, that's why I love debate. Um, and I like to start debate. I, 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 that's, I, I'm not a person that loves to talk a whole lot, but it's, I, I, do, I do like debate. And on any social media platform, you just can't have debates anymore. It's just, it's it's a losing battle because there's always people that have to take it overboard. There's always the people that you're having a debate with and then they try to, quote, clown you. Uh, they try to make fun of your opinion. They try to belittle your opinion. And it's just, it, you know what, That's, I don't need that. That's not healthy. Um, I one time had a sports app. Don't remember what it was called, um, and it was it was basically for sports fans to go on there and they put top and you know people would people would write articles and you could debate them. And it, I thought that it was cool. I don't have a lot of sports fans, and I obviously I love sports, so I thought that hey I could I could you know get some connections. You know I could I could talk to people. It'd be it'd be cool. It'd be a cool little community, right? No, it wasn't. I had it for about a week, and then I deleted it because I said it was just dumb. Like, it was just, if you differed from what the article stated, or if you just had a differing opinion of somebody, it was that they just tried to fight you on it the entire time. And it was, even, you could even say, hey, I agree with what you're saying, you know, but this is my opinion, and and I said, and that's cool that you have yours. And they just keep attacking, and keep attacking, and keep attacking, and keep attacking. It's like, I... A, don't have time, and B, I don't have the energy to do that. And you're just trying to get me to side with your opinion, and I'm not going to, so just just leave it. And so that's why, and that's why with really now anything, but especially with the the mafia that resides behind Matthew Stafford, I'm just done engaging in it, in it anymore. I said it's just it's not healthy. Um, it, it, it's really really not. And the, I wanted to discuss kind of what the debate was over. But before I do that, um, I want to bring up this article that I read a few weeks ago. And it had to do with the Raiders and why it failed, why it's been a failure in Oakland, why they're only 18 and 29 in three seasons under John Gruden. And because it sounds a lot, it sounds very similar to the team that resides in Allen Park. And it talks about basically the three reasons as to why the Raiders 
have not really been able to contend. Lack of talent evaluation on both the college and pro level, bad defense, and inconsistent offensive play. And, yeah, so that, that, that got me thinking a couple weeks ago. I'm like, wow, that's like the Lions, makes sense, all, all that. And then it got me thinking about the quarterbacks. John Gruden, when he came into Oakland, everyone thought that Derek Carr was on the, was, was done. On the fritz, he was he he was going to to uh, be let go. He's going to get traded, whatever, because they traded Amari Cooper, they traded Cleo Mack. Everyone thought Derek Carr was going to be the next guy, but instead, Gruden and Mayock hitched their wagon to Derek Carr, and it really hasn't been that successful. They haven't gone to the postseason, um, and it got me thinking about. Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr, comparing kind of the two, right? Um, and now Derek Carr has only played seven years in the NFL. Matthew Stafford's played 12. So it's a little bit difficult. So what I decided to do was I took Derek Carr's seven years and I took his season averages for those seven years and I added them, I added five more years, like if he were to, to, to do it for five more years the same way, Kind of what his numbers would be at 12 years, just for just for a comparison. Okay, so seven years for Derek Carr, he's thrown for over 26,000 yards, 170 touchdowns, 71 uh, interceptions, and he has got 47 wins, three Pro Bowl appearances, one First Team All Pro. Sorry, I'm gonna wait for the dog here. See if she's maybe done barking. Yes. Okay. Um, so for Matthew Stafford. Uh, in 12 years, he threw for 40, over 45,000 yards, 282 touchdowns, 144 interceptions, got 74 wins, and been elected to one Pro Bowl. Now, I took Derek Kerr's season averages. So he averages about four, just under 4,000 yards a season, uh, averages 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and about seven wins a year, and did them over the next five seasons and kind of where his numbers would be at his year 12 compared to Matthew Stafford's year 12. Well, Derek Carr would throw for over 46,000 yards, which is obviously 1,000 more than Stafford. He would throw 295 touchdowns, which is 13 more than Matthew Stafford, 121 interceptions, which is 23 less interceptions than Matthew Stafford, and 82 wins, which would be 8 more wins than Stafford. So, my question is, do you, would you take Derek Carr to be your starting quarterback? And I think anybody that's watched football would say no. That's that you would you would you would by the eyeball test say that Stafford's better than Derek Carr. But the numbers will tell you that they're very comparable, and they're virtually the same guy. Now they do a lot of things differently. Stafford's got a bigger arm; likes to go more down the field. Derek Carr's more athletic and wants to do the short intermediate thing. But they're virtually the same guy. They don't perform when their teams need them to perform. Their numbers are very similar. And they're just they're, they're, they're good. They're mediocre quarterbacks. They're good statistically, but they don't win enough. Like, look at Matthew Stafford, okay? I, I, I read a great article about uh, in Sportscasters. Uh, it was on sportscasters.com about Matthew Stafford-led Lions teams that said they just don't play well when it matters. And this is a case in point this season. So they start off the year 0-2, right? Lost to Chicago, lost to Green Bay. Didn't play all that great against Chicago. He played a little bit better against Green Bay. Started off 0-2. Then you beat Arizona. 
Ooh, hey, that's a good win. Arizona was hot at the time, right? They were 2-0. They were coming off a couple hot starts. Shocking, um, you know, week one win against uh, San Francisco. They kind of carried the momentum into week two. And then they come into week three, and, hey, it's, it's hey, they're 2-0. You beat them. He even plays fantastic. 270 yards, two touchdowns, 119 quarterback rating. He was 22-31, of 71, 70, uh, 70% completion percentage. Fantastic. Fantastic. And then you get the next game against New Orleans. Struggling New Orleans team struggling New Orleans team. And you're starting to look at their schedule, and you've know, you got Jacksonville, Atlanta, Indy, Minnesota, Washington, Carolina, Houston, Chicago. Again. You know what? You can maybe stack some wins here. If you could beat New Orleans, you could stack some of those wins, and all of a sudden you're talking about a playoff team. But you need to beat New Orleans. 17-31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, and a... Bad pick six, a 94.3 quarterback rating. You lose 35-29. All right, that's fine. Then you go into your bye week. That's all right. Like, you're going to talk about it. You know what? We're going to come up with a better performance. Doesn't really play great against Jacksonville, but the team wins, which is what what I want. So, perfect. Team wins, 34-16. Great. Love it. Don't care what your stats are. 19-31, 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But again, you won the game. Next week, you played against Atlanta. All right. Um, you won against Jacksonville. You're again looking at the schedule. You're going to stack some wins here. Goes 25 of 36, 340 yards, one touchdown, a quarterback rating of 106. That's actually pretty. That's a, that's a pretty damn good performance, right? You win 23-22. Exciting win, right? Last second win. T.J. Hawkinson on National Tight Ends Day. Ooh, makes the game-winning touchdown catch. Great, awesome. You go into the next week, it's Indianapolis, and now you're like, okay, we need this game against Indy because people are kind of doubting we can only beat bad teams. Arizona has kind of started to kind of fade a little bit. You want to get a win against a good opponent, and Indianapolis is that good opponent, right? they got a good defense. You've got to have this game. If if you're going to be for real, you've got to have this game. Week 8, 24 of 42, which was the the exact same that he had week 1 against Chicago. 336 yards, ooh, great, ooh, 336 yards, amazing. Three touchdowns and a costly pick six. He also had another fumble to add on to that pick six. Had a quarterback rating of 96.9. That's not a great performance. It's really not that great a performance. 336 yards, that's great, but you got blown out 41-21. So that tells me that those yards came in garbage time. Um, and then you go, okay, next week, Minnesota. Okay, you got to get back on track. All right, Minnesota, they're not good. Kirk Cousins, he sucks. He sucks. Matthew Stafford's better than Kirk Cousins, right? Wrong. They beat you 34-20. Your quarterback was 23-32. Great completion percentage. 211 yards. Eesh, that's not very good. That's not 336. Um, and one touchdown, two interceptions, a 77.8 rating. That's bad. That's bad. You needed those two wins. You could you. I mean, if you would have beaten Indianapolis and lost to Minnesota, that's that's one thing. If you would have lost to Indianapolis, or if you would have beaten Indianapolis, either or, you you needed you needed one of those games, and your quarterback stunk the tank. Then okay, you beat Washington, twenty-four thirty-three, two hundred seventy-six yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating one hundred twenty-seven point eight. That's really good performance. You won thirty twenty-seven, and then the next week, a bad team, Carolina. Right now you've got Carolina, Houston, Chicago. Bad teams, right? You can stack those wins. 
you could possibly get, you know, maybe three straight wins or maybe win three the last four. Now all of a sudden, hey, you know what? We're starting to talk playoffs, right? Your offense gets shut out. You lose 20 to nothing. Your quarterback goes 18 to 33 for 178 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Next week against Houston, 28 to 42, 295 yards, a touchdown, another costly pick six, and a rating of 84.9. Then the season at that point is over. You beat Chicago, great. You, you actually played really good against Chicago, 27 to 42, 402 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That's great, but now your season's over anyways. At that point, and then you lose to Green Bay, lose to Tennessee, lose to the lose to the Bucks, and lose to Minnesota, and said that your season's over. So when you needed him to play well, he didn't. He didn't even play well against some bad teams in there. But that's Matthew Stafford. That's been his mo since he came out of college. I started liking the NFL. I started watching the Lions in 2008. Bad year to start watching the Lions, right? They went 0 16. It was bad. The next draft, I remember watching NFL Network all the time, and they were talking about Stafford, and, you know, Stafford's going to be the number one pick. And, and so, they, you know, they start talking about him, and they break him down, and, ooh, he's got a big, strong arm, and, ooh, look what he can do. He can throw from multiple angles. All oh, this is like he's, he's got all your physical tools that you want. But his MO was inaccurate and didn't play well when his team needed to. It was MO in college. It's MO now. His completion percentage in his career is 62%. That's not good at all. People roast Josh Allen for having a 69 completion percentage this year. Your quarterback, Matthew Stafford, had a 64% completion percentage this year. He had a 62 completion percentage for his entire career. So when you need Stafford most, does not perform. Case in point, this season. Stafford's a good quarterback. He's in he's in the class of Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, where they're good. They can they can beat bad teams. They're, they might, you know, they're gonna lose against bad teams every once in a while, but they're they're gonna put up a lot of stats. They're not gonna get a lot of wins, they're gonna put up a lot of stats. I'll just point out that two of those quarterbacks have gone to to championship games, and one of those quarterbacks has gone to a Super Bowl. But they're gonna put a bunch of stats, right? You've got your great quarterbacks like the Drew Breeses of the world and the Patrick Mahomes, right? Well, the team is really good, but they do enough to win against those good teams. They may not play great, but they do enough to win. They don't have the three and out when you need a drive. They don't throw that costly interception or that pick six um, to, to, to try to keep the momentum with you, with, 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 with your team. And then you got your elite quarterbacks who are even better than that who make your teams just completely better than who they are. The Tom Brady's, the Russell Wilson's, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. So Stafford is not one of those guys. If you were to trade Stafford with Russell Wilson, so you put Matthew Stafford on the Seahawks, Russell Wilson on the Lions, Russell Wilson would have made this team a playoff contender. I'm not saying they would have made the playoffs, I'm not saying they would have won a playoff game, I'm not saying anything like that. But he would have made them a playoff contender. He didn't even have his best season this year. Stafford on the Seahawks. Seahawks had a middle-of-the-pack defense, a middle-of-the-pack offense. He would have maybe had them in playoff contention, but he wouldn't have had them in the playoffs like Russell Wilson. So you don't have that elite quarterback. You don't even have that great quarterback. you got that good quarterback. Okay, I respect Matthew Stafford. I respect the hell out of Matthew Stafford. The guy is tough. Okay, There are a lot of quarterbacks 
that come into the league that aren't tough. Look at a guy like Dwayne Haskins. Right? Would that guy really play hurt? Probably not. Right? I love that about Stafford. That's probably the trait I love the most about Stafford. That the fact that he that you know what? He's a member of the Lions. He wants to he wants to play. Love it. Love that competitiveness. And I'm sure if you ask Matthew Stafford, he would trade all of his stats for wins. He would. And again, I love that competitive nature from him. But he is mediocre. He's a stats guy. He's going to put up a bunch of empty numbers. But he's not going to win when you need him to win. He's just not. I respect him. You know what? He made Golden Tate better. He did. For all the people that say that he doesn't make wide receivers better, he made Golden Tate better. Right? Golden Tate was trending in that direction. He came to Detroit, all of a sudden became an almost 100 catch in a three-time 1,000-yard um, receiver. So he did make Golden Tate better. I'll give you that. Did he really make Marvin Jones better? Not, not really going to say that. He didn't really make Nate Burleson better either. So Stafford's a good quarterback. He is. But he's not in that upper class. At least I haven't seen it. And look, you have to, you can't, you can't start talking bad about Stafford without looking at the organization. 13 times in his career, 13 individual games in his 12-year career, has a running back ran for over 100 yards. That's bad. His defense, I believe, ranks like 24th since he entered the league. That's bad. You have to blame the organization, but you can't just blame the organization. The organization is bad, yes, but Stafford's not a part of the solution, so therefore he would be part of the problem. The biggest knock that I have on Stafford is the excuses. He gets all these excuses from people. Again, I brought up in this debate on, on the Twitter, on the tweeter, about the year that it was they, they, they played the Giants, Cowboys, Packers to end the season. You win a couple of those games, you win one of those games, you win the division. He lost all three of those games. And I said, I guarantee you he was going to come back at me with the excuse of that he was hurt because he had a broken thumb. Or he had a broken finger. I forget. So one of his fingers was broken. And that's exactly what he came. Ooh, Stafford with a broken finger threw 46 times and the Lions still lost to the Giants. That's all I basically heard. He gave me all the, he gave me all the stats. And all I heard was lost, lost, lost. You didn't win the division. You ended up, you ended up as a wild card team. Twice, he has had a chance to win the division, hasn't done it. Multiple times, he's been quote the best quarterback in the division because Aaron Rodgers went down, and for some unknown reason, Jay Cutler was considered better than Matthew Stafford. They both went down with injuries. He was considered the best quarterback in the division. Did nothing. And it's not like the Lions again. Not like the Lions have had terrible, terrible, terrible teams. They've had bad teams, but they've had also some decent teams. Not good, not great, barely even okay, but they've had decent teams. 2014 is obviously the one that comes to mind, but even 2011 when they became a wildcard team, they, they were a decent team. They weren't anything great. They were decent. 2014, they had the number two rated defense. Um, and then what was it? 2016, they went back as a wildcard team. There were three playoff teams. They were decent teams. And Stafford did nothing with them. Nothing. Like, they had Ndamukong Sue, the most dominant defensive lineman, 
of that era. You had Nick Fairley, who was a solid number two defensive tackle. You had Stephen Tulloch, a very solid linebacker. You had um, um, DeAndre Levy, another solid linebacker. Louis Domus was a solid defensive back, solid safety. So you had, you had some solid pieces on the defensive side. Then you look on the offensive side, you know, you had Calvin Johnson, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Um, you had Nate Burleson. You had Golden Tate. You now have had Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And you've done nothing. Nothing. And again, some of those overlap. Again, 2016, um, you had you had Marvin Jones and Calvin Johnson. I actually believe you even had Golden Tate on the team in, 2000, in 2016. 2014, you had... You had Nate Burleson, Golden Tate, and Calvin Johnson. Nate Burleson averaged 49 catches a season with the Lions. Marvin Jones averages 57 catches with the Lions. So virtually, it's fairly comparable. Fairly comparable. Right? And it's just, and it's just, he gets all the excuses. He was hurt. The defense played bad. We got off to a bad start. Blah, blah, blah. Our coach sucks. The organization sucks. Look, Baker Mayfield has had a worse coaching cares on the first three years than what Matthew Stafford had in his first three years. He's gotten his team to the playoffs. He won a damn playoff game against a good, good, I'm going to say good defensive team in Pittsburgh. Because Pittsburgh really wasn't as good as what the record said they were on the offensive side. But defensively, they were really good. Baker Mayfield took his team to the playoffs. I'm not even... I, like, I love Baker Mayfield. I do. But I was already beginning to say that Baker Mayfield was starting to be like Matthew Stafford, and he said he took his team to the playoffs, won a damn playoff game. What has Matthew Stafford done? None of that. Great statistically, top 10 statistically, without a doubt. I respect Matthew Stafford. He's just mediocre because he doesn't win enough. That's the stat he doesn't do enough. That's the stat that he'd rather have than all these other yardage, touchdowns, interceptions, all that stuff. He'd rather have... More wins. You ask him. That's what he'd rather have. And that's something what the fans need to hold him to. The quarterback position is the most important position on the football field. And your quarterback gets judged for wins and losses, fairly or unfairly. So, like I said, Stafford is a good statistical quarterback, but doesn't win enough. Wins are not the only thing that determines whether you're a good quarterback or not good quarterback. But I said it does play a factor. It determines if you are a great or elite quarterback, which Stafford is none of those things. None. Like Tom Brady has accumulated a bunch of stats because of how long he has played. But would you consider Tom Brady to be this great statistical quarterback? No. You look at him and go, damn, that guy wins a lot. Everywhere he goes, he wins. And everyone hates Tom Brady because he wins. But everyone loves Matthew Stafford because he loses. I don't get it. I ultimately don't get it. QB wins is a stat. It's just whether you believe it's a valuable stat or not. Anyways, I'm way over the time that I was supposed to, but I could go on for an entire episode about why I believe that, why I don't understand the love affair with Matthew Stafford. And I could break it down in many different ways, but I want to get to Brad. I want to get to talking about Brad Holmes. So coming up after I tell you why you should listen to this podcast. Um, I'm going to be discussing the new Lions GM, Brad Holmes. Stay tuned. You should listen to the JVN Sports Podcast because it's available anywhere, anytime. 
Uh, it's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on Spotify. It's available on iHeartRadio. And you can follow along on our social media pages. We've got, we got pages all over the place on just about every single platform. We've got Facebook, J-Man Sports, Instagram, J-Man Sports Podcast, and Twitter at J-Man Sports Pod. J-Man Sports, we talk any and all things sports. Alrighty, welcome back. Want to discuss the new GM hire for the Lions. It's Brad Holmes. He signed a five-year deal to become the Lions' new general manager. Previously was the uh, director of college scouting for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, am I excited about it? Yeah, I mean, it's something new. I'm excited. It's, a lot of people have talked good about him, so I, I love that. Uh, his former boss talked very highly of him. Um, you also have a lot of other people around the league talking very highly of, of, of him. He's an up-and-coming guy. I, Yeah, you know what? I'm, I, I would be excited for this. Ultimately, I don't know how it's going to pan out because I was excited when Bob Quinn came here, too. And also, Lions fans in general were excited when Bob Quinn came here. The uh, Pride of Detroit podcast, they did a poll when Bob Quinn came here, the same poll they did for Brad for Brad Holmes, about, you know, do you like to hire Bob Quinn? And seven, over, overwhelmingly, I believe, it was over 70% of people said they loved the, yes, they liked the hire Bob Quinn. Almost the same number of people said that they loved the hire Brad Holmes. So, again, we're going to see. We're going to wait and see. I think I don't think we're gonna have to wait to see about the results next year. It's just gonna be, it's gonna be this off season. How he decides to build this roster, and ultimately if he decides to retool, or rebuild, very two different things. If he's gonna follow what Rod Wood said, and that is he really, Rod Wood believes that the Lions just need to retool rather than rebuild, or what all the fans believe that they need to do, and that is rebuild. And it starts with it starts with Matthew Stafford. What are you going to do? Again, I respect the hell out of Matthew Stafford. Take out my feelings for him. Though I'm not a huge Stafford guy. I, I respect the hell out of, out, of, out of Matthew Stafford. Do you really want him going through another rebuild? The reason why I don't want Stafford to be a part of this team is because I don't want him to be part of another rebuild because he doesn't deserve it. Because, again, he's played his heart out here. It hasn't worked. So the biggest reason why I don't want Stafford to be here because I don't want him to go through another rebuild because I believe they have to rebuild. So again, what are you going to do with Stafford? He's got a huge cap hit. There aren't that many teams that are going to be interested in what, like what, Indy, maybe New England, um, Denver. Um, and after that, I really can't even remember what other teams would really be all that interested. Maybe Pittsburgh, but they, again, depending on what Ben Roethlisberger does, but I have no, but I have no idea. Um, the other teams that would that would be even interested in Matthew Stafford, but that will go a long way. If you choose to keep Stafford, I'm not saying you're gonna you're, you're completely ignoring the fact of rebuilding. That's not gonna determine. I don't. I personally don't think Stafford's gonna be traded. I would love to see him go to Indianapolis, just for the sake of 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 him, a, a competent team, a team with a good defense, team with a good running game, which hasn't been here for Detroit. Go to Indy and see what you can do. Everyone says that you can do it. Then you have your debate whether Stafford's a good quarterback, great quarterback, or elite quarterback. Then you'll have your debate. Right? Um, So I I would love to see that for Matthew Stafford. If he decides to keep Stafford, which I believe he will because I don't believe the Fords are going to just kick Stafford down the road. I really do believe it's going to end up like Phillip Rivers where he's going to play out to the end of his contract and they're going to say, thanks, but thanks for everything, but we're going to move on. So if he decides to keep him, I'm not saying that he's that, that, that he's completely saying, oh, we're just retooling and not rebuilding, but he's leading towards the retooling. And then, to me, it's based off of what he does with Kenny Galladay. 
if he re-signs Kenny Galladay or signs him to a franchise tag, to me, then you are stating, with Stafford, you are stating that you believe you just need to retool. That's what you're. That's what you're telling me. And that, to me, would be scary because I do not want to pay Kenny Galladay eighteen plus million dollars to play here. No offense, I like Kenny Galladay. But the Lions are not in a position to be paying a wide receiver. They have so many other issues. They don't have. They, they don't have. They don't have the financial flexibility to be paying a quarterback all the money that they're paying him to pay a receiver all the money that they would be paying him. They don't have that financial flexibility. Plus, T.J. Hawkins is going to be coming up in a couple of seasons, right? So they don't have that flexibility to do that. So whatever he decides with, with Kenny Galladay is going to be a large, 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 large part of whether he's going to retool or rebuild. Obviously, yes, who he decides to be the head coach. Um, I, I personally think it's going to be Staley, the defensive coordinator from the Rams. I'd be very static with, with Staley. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That one I would be very, very, very... I would be A.J. Hinch ecstatic if you did that. I would have been ecstatic if you would have gotten a guy like Arthur Smith. My guy's still Ryan Day, though I know that's not going to happen because I haven't even interviewed him. So, um, yeah, you, you didn't get Arthur Smith. You didn't get Robert Sally. You weren't interested in Urban Meyer, but you didn't get Urban Meyer. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see who he brings in as head coach, but I, ultimately I don't think that's going to necessarily fully determine what you're going to do. I mean, it will and it won't. Obviously, you bring in a guy like Marvin Lewis, you're probably more or less going on the retooling side. Whereas, I think if you got bring in a guy like Brandon Staley, you're more or less leaning to the rebuilding side. Younger guy, and also he's defensive, and you know you have to completely rebuild your defense. The, the second part is, what is he going to do uh, in the draft? Because if all of a sudden he decides he's going to he's gonna draft, you know, let's just say Zach Wilson and Micah Parsons are sitting there at seven. They're both sitting there. Those are the two guys that, that, that I really want for the Lions. It'll be, what are you going to do? I loved what the Colts did when they drafted Andrew Luck. They drafted Andrew Luck, and they drafted a bunch of offensive personnel after after getting him. Their entire draft was offensive. So I so that's the strategy that I like. If you're going to draft if you're going to draft the quarterback of your offense, go the rest of offensive personnel because you could really rebuild that side of the ball. If you're going to draft the quarterback of your defense, then rebuild the defensive side of the ball because we all know that, that that really needs to be rebuilt. So that, whether he goes offensive, defense, what he does, if he's going to trade up, trade down, what like that to me will tell me a lot about who Brad Holmes is and whether or not I'm excited for the future of the Lions. I have to see what he does first. I can't just be all, like, giddy. Like, again, with A.J. Hinch, I was very excited. And with Brandon Staley, I'd be very excited. Yes, I would be. But at the same time, I have to wait for results. I have to wait to see something. You can get all excited about a hire, but they have to actually fulfill the job. Again, I was excited for Bob Quinn. I was excited for um, Matt Patricia. I mean, I was even excited for Jim Schwartz when he came. Jim Caldwell wasn't as excited for, but it was I was I was somewhat excited. I was excited when Martin Mayhew was announced the GM. Because he was different than Matt Millen. So um that's kind of where I'm at with Brad Holmes. I think if you're a Lions fan, be excited. You have the right to be excited. This is a new era, this is a new regime, this is exciting. But it's what are you gonna do? Are you gonna stick with what you got and retool, or are you gonna rebuild? And I will my last point is this. I mentioned about the Raiders earlier and how they stuck their wagon with with Derek Carr. You notice more and more when new regimes come in, 
Um, they're, 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 they're sticking with their quarterbacks. They even look w- with what they did in Cleveland, right? And sometimes you get success with that. Again, i.e. Cleveland. You get, you get success with that. But I think more often than not, when a new regime comes in, so then it's a new front office and a new coaching staff, you should let them bring in their own quarterback. Whether it be another, whether it be another NFL guy like Tennessee did uh, with Ryan Tannehill or what the Bucks did with Tom Brady, or through the draft like what Kansas City did, what Seattle did years ago, what Houston has done. Like you, to me, you gotta bring in your guys, and it starts with your quarterback again, most important position on the field. So that's my belief. Now, again, there are, there are. Um, Teams that you can say that 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 don't follow that model that are successful. Cleveland, even the Chargers, uh, the last few years with with Philip Rivers, they were still successful with him, and it was a new coaching staff. Um, so there are definitely there are definitely points to the other side too. But I just believe when you bring in a new regime, you should bring in a new quarterback. Just because start completely start over, do it the right way. Don't do it the half-ass way. So that's why. If he's going to retool, I'm going to be a little bit more concerned. If he's going to rebuild, even if he keeps Stafford and he wants to rebuild, I am perfectly okay with that. Perfectly okay with that. All right, coming up again after I tell you why you should listen to this podcast, it will be our postseason divisional NFL pick six. Stay tuned. You should listen to the Jamie Sports Podcast because we talk any and all things sports weekly follow along on our social media pages facebook jman sports instagram jman sports podcast and twitter at jman sports pod jman sports we talk any and all things sports all right welcome back to the speed version of the pick six last week i went three and three my winners were the bills bucks and saints my losers were the seahawks titans and steelers so that set up this weekend's four divisional round games let's get it going starting with the first Saturday game, and that is the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Titletown to take on the number one seed in the NFC, Green Bay Packers. Look what the Rams did last week to Russell Wilson. Fantastic. It was great. Their defense, I give them full credit. Way, I, I never gave them that much credit in the regular season. They balled out. It's their offense that I'm concerned about, though. Green Bay's got a middle-of-the-pack defense. Not great by any means, but you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side. And you've got Devontae Adams, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got the weapons that you do on the Green Bay side. Plus, again, you've got L.A. traveling to Green Bay. I'm going to take the Packers in this game number one. Game number two, it is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Buffalo Bills. This game is this game is very intriguing. Why I think it's the 8-15 game is because it's very intriguing. You've got a very red-hot Ravens team. That one last week against, against the Titans, a very tough win last week. Going up against the Bills team that has got a tough win last week against Indianapolis. Look, a lot of people are saying that, that, that Josh Allen is the second best quarterback in the AFC to Patrick Mahomes. That's a lot of praise. But Lamar Jackson last week was kind of like, hey, you know what? I'm going to get my first playoff win. I'm going to shut up the critics. Look, the Ravens aren't playing this aren't playing the Chiefs. They're playing a team that's got a good defense, not as good as it was last season. But I'm a Josh Allen guy. I love their offense. I love Brian Debo. I, 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 or I, I just I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills at home in game number two. Game number three. We go to Sunday. 3:05 on Sunday. It is the Cleveland Browns. 
traveling to Kansas City to take on the number one seeded Chiefs. Wow. When did you ever say the Cleveland Browns were playing a divisional round playoff game? They beat the Steelers last week. Last week they crushed the Steelers last week. The receivers are the Steelers receivers are still complaining about it. Um, look, Browns are going to get their head coach back. They're going to get some players back. That could be dangerous if you're Kansas City, who hasn't their star players like Mahomes and uh, like I believe Kelsey and Chris Jones and Tyreek Hill. They didn't pl they haven't played in two weeks. So they could be a little bit rusty, but this is all I'll say. Cleveland has a tendency to jump on teams, and then all of a sudden the team kind of slowly, slowly starts to come back. They still win, but if we witness what we saw last year with Kansas City, how they got down in every playoff game and came back and won, Cleveland can't win by that strategy. If Cleveland gets up early, they got to stay there. they got to be able to run the football. they got to be able to control the clock. they gotta, they got to continue to score basically on every drive. Based off of that, look, I think it's going to be a lot closer game. People think, again, you ask the Steelers wide receivers, they're gonna, they say this is a blowout game. I don't think it's a blowout game. I'm going to take Kansas City in a very close game at Arrowhead. And then the final divisional round game, it is the three-peat of the wheelchair, uh, the wheelchair, the wheelchair bowl game. It is Tom Brady leading his Tampa Bay Buccaneers to New Orleans to take on Drew Brees and the Saints. This could be Drew Brees' last game. Look, Tampa Bay hasn't beaten uh, New Orleans this season, and they look bad both times they played New Orleans this season, but... Like I said, the second time that the, that the Bucks played New Orleans, this is a different team. I, I think that they've gelled a little bit better. They're playing, they've been playing better down the stretch. They're playing a little bit more cohesive on the offensive side. Their defense looked more put together. Drew Brees doesn't look great. This all spells a Tampa Bay victory. I'm going to take Tom Brady over uh, Drew Brees. I believe Tom Brady has something like... 19 playoff wins since turning 39 or some crazy thing like that or 10 playoff wins since turning 39 Drew Brees has 9 playoff wins in total that's pretty bad so I am going to take the Tampa Buccaneers so recap I got the Packers Bills Chiefs Bucks and those are the divisional round pick 6 I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And don't worry, you definitely will be hearing from me soon. Thanks.